I'm hyped though. I was just re-listening to your episode and it was so good and it just had me feeling all inspired. So I'm excited. Also, I'm letting you know like like if I tell people what we're going to be talking about, you're probably going to get like the most listens on this you've ever gotten because people are dying to know what happened. Really? Oh. Like it's going to be spicy, dude. It's going to be spicy. I'm excited then. Before I start this episode, there's a couple of really important disclaimers I want to make. The first one is that everything in this podcast is Charlotte's personal story. Nothing has been taken to a court of law, and all allegations made are just that, allegations. All parties are innocent until proven guilty. In this story, names have been changed to protect people's privacy. I'd also like to provide a trigger warning because we will end up discussing Charlotte's history of sexual assault. I have spent more nights than I am proud to admit cramped in a sweaty basement chugging a white claw out of sheer uncomfortableness and watching a mediocre band screech out some songs to the enjoyment of a bunch of 20-something-year-old men who need to take showers and use deodorant. And not one of those natural ones that doesn't work. I need you to wear deodorant with aluminum in it. I love supporting local music in theory, but not always in practice. My friend, and this episode's guest, Charlotte Smith, is one of the few people who provided women who love DIY and house shows a safe space to enjoy live music, partake in theme parties, and serve as a hub for creatives in the area. She ran her house's concert space like the Navy in the best way possible. It was lovingly dubbed the palace, and it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime space. But the kingdom, or should I say queendom, of the palace crumbled. So, Charlotte, we are here to talk about your old house and what it used to be like and what is happening right now and why you're not living there anymore. I think to start off, can you just introduce yourself, where you got the idea for a DIY house venue at your place and kind of the beginning of all of that? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Charlotte Smith. I was co-running a house venue in South Philadelphia for almost two years called The Palace. Fun fact, me and Kira have been trying to record this podcast episode for literally almost an entire year now, but this is the first time that I have felt strong enough to finally talk about everything that happened. (laughs) Ha ha. And that's okay. Exactly. It's part of the process, babes. <laughs> so yeah, this really, at the end of the day, is a is a story of friendship and uh, and a friendship falling apart. But it started out back during the height of the pandemic. It was me and my friend, um, who for this story I will call. Um, we can come up with a nickname together. Yeah, will you help me? Yeah, I can help you. What's a boy name that's like a D? Dick. 
Is that too on the nose? Boy names that start with a D. Okay, David. That's good, David. I'm going to let his actions speak for himself. David and I were friends since middle school. We met when we were like 11 years old and we did middle school theater together. We did Seussical, great memories, great times. We went to different high schools, but we stayed connected. Um, We would always go see each other's musicals and we would send each other pictures from New York City. Um, we We were just theater kid friends, basically. We always had similar interests. We would always see each other at local concerts. There was a really funny video online of us on YouTube at a 21 Pilots concert back in the day where there's like 20 people. Like, this is just someone... We just always were friends from at least a distance. So we ended up super reconnecting during the height of COVID. We would walk around in this park near us a lot and just talk about dreams. I was healing from some heavy PTSD trauma at the time of something I had gone through in college where I had exposed people that I believed were my friends who were sexually assaulting people. And I I opened up to him a lot about that. And we ended up getting very close because he portrayed himself to be this very soft, gentle, kind of feminine man who you could trust. And he kind of had the idea. He's like, there's this crazy place in Philadelphia. Um, It was like a football player's house and it would be perfect to be a house venue. And he's like, I know you love music. We did this music project together over the pandemic. It was a group of people. We would all send each other songs. Like we knew that we both loved music a lot. So he was like, I really want you to move up to Philadelphia with me and start this house venue. And um, like I said, I was going through some heavy trauma at the time. And I just really wanted to get away from Maryland. I, I was like, I would love to have a random adventure. For people who have listened to the first episode of this, you and I, Kira, have really similar stories, I think, about how we kind of just dropped everything and moved to a totally different city, just like for the adventure, for the shits and giggles. And it turned out interestingly. <laughs> We ended up getting the house, so it ended up being me, David, and then other people that David knew from college, because David had gone to college in Philadelphia. I didn't know anybody in Philly, not a single person but David, so I literally moved up there only knowing him. (laughs) When you guys came up with the palace, I will say I had friends from Philadelphia who never even had heard of Charlotte who ended up going to your shows. It was a really, really big venue, and it was a huge thing in Philly. So can you describe what it was like when it was at its peak? It was magical. It was huge. I remember. So first of all, this house really lent itself to being like a community space just with the way that it was set up. It was like two row homes like smashed together into one basically. So it was massive, absolutely massive. And it was just such a hub for creatives and artists of all kinds. Um, There was so many photographers, videographers, artists, musicians there. It was such a good place to form relationships and collaborate with people. So many people made connections there and made music videos in that house, for example. So yeah, while it was David's idea to begin with, once I moved up there, it really turned into my baby. Like I said, I'm very theatrical. The palace is what happens when you let theater kids run a house venue. That's what I always said, because that's what me and David were at our core. (laughs) Like we were. I'm sorry. We had rent posters like we had a cat musical poster we were 
children. I went to your actual house and guys, I can confirm that Charlotte is one of the <laughs> biggest theater kids I've ever met and probably one of the few that I will ever be friends with because I wasn't in theater, but I was in choir in high school and I knew a lot of theater kids and they were insane and frightening and I didn't hang out with them. <laughs> I like to call myself like a reformed theater child. I was always like a little too alternative for the theater kids, but like too theater for the alternative kids. So like, honestly, me running a theatrical DIY house makes complete sense. Like this was the culmination of everything I've always been. After the first show, I'm like, guys, I want to be <laughs> the Studio 54 of Philadelphia. And that ended up coming true in multiple, <laughs> many more ways than one. But we'll get to that. But uh, so my whole concept was Studio 54. They would always, it was always so theatrical. There would be different themes and different crazy decor for all the events. That really was my idea. Um, Starting with our second show, I started coming up with these elaborate themes for every show. So the first one I came up with was like a Midsummer's Night Dream. And it was like cottage core. One of my housemates who I'll call um Sean, he was brilliant when it came to decorating. Like he had handyman skills he would just like go crazy and like that's what I really have to emphasize is that this house was so special because it was five totally different people with completely different skills that banded together to create something magical we'd have four band bill shows every month with like I said a totally different theme so every time you'd come into the house it would look completely different it's it's a little hard to explain if you weren't there but it was just like you know the magic that you feel at a normal DIY show but like times a thousand because everyone's dressed up you feel like you're in a euphoria scene like it was a really special place to be wondered why she seceded her queendom of the palace out of left field because to me everything about charlotte's life seemed amazing she had a nice house in a beautiful neighborhood in south philly a museum job she enjoyed and was surrounded by the coolest people at all times and she was one of the boys a status i always dreamed of so after the peak obviously there the house did not last forever what was the first sign of trouble <laughs> in paradise or maybe trouble ah! in the palace? Malice at the palace. I mean, if I want to be honest, like the day that David moved in, there were already red flags because he had a bit of an injury at the time. But he did not help move in a single item of his own belongings. The first that was the first time I got a heat stroke actually was moving in his stuff while he like wouldn't help. I'm a very loving and forgiving loyal person. So I I kind of ignored a lot of red flags for a long time. But I think the first really, really big one was when I started noticing that David refused to credit anyone for their work. He refused to acknowledge that I was doing half of the booking work that I was doing all the themes he really wanted people to think 
that it was all him. And it did turn into a really weird atmosphere where like at the end of the shows, he would insist on DJing after every show, which I didn't mind, but we were in a residential neighborhood. So I would, I would be like, you know, let's, let's not do this till 2am and be super loud. And he would get very angry with me and act like I was just being bitchy when, you know, I had serious concerns. I was trying to keep us on good terms with the neighbors. And it just got to be a really weird environment where you'd, you'd have all these like 20 year old college student girls standing in front of his DJ booth chanting his name while he was kind of just like not helping out during the shows while I was running around you know making sure these like young girls are safe and I remember there was another show where you know our friends had to beg him to stop DJing because I was actively having a heat stroke up in my room And I needed everyone to leave so I could take a cold shower because I was dry heaving and he refused to stop DJing. So it was just little things like that where it was like he cared more about his ego than the well-being of everyone around him that was making this well-oiled machine work. But even from the beginning, Charlotte struggled with feeling out of place as a woman in the DIY scene, as well as the pressure of always feeling like she needed to be a mediator between her housemates and the outside world. What did it feel like to be the only woman in a male-dominated space? And were there any times that you particularly saw the gender disparity Mm. Um, in your work? Well, I will say there was another woman that lived and helped out the palace half the time. Okay. For at least a year, though, I was the only woman fully living there. But overall, like like you're saying, um, in the scene, it is so incredibly dominated by white men, which sucks. And I really did start to notice there were more women kind of coming up in the scene during the time that I was active there. Like how show Philly, um, she has her own band now. She's doing massive, amazing things. There, there were some more women kind of coming onto the scene, but yeah, it was really intimidating sometimes because I felt like to be a woman in the scene you kind of had to do two things I noticed that I had to be one like attractive and two you have to like be willing to not break the status quo you kind of have to be willing to go along with whatever is happening around you and because I didn't really care about those things within my own house because I was one of few women that wasn't trying to fuck David you know because he was a childhood friend I didn't see him that way so I just never cared about that image for myself of being like dainty and like you know like I wasn't afraid to tell him no this is fucked up like you need to fix this and I think that started to really upset him and make him feel emasculated and then also the fact when I started pushing back on the status quo calling out dangerous behavior a pattern of dangerous behavior that I was seeing that is when it was decided oh Charlotte is crazy we no longer want to work with Charlotte so he knew he couldn't do the work without me so he wanted me to still help run the house but he wanted me to move out Throughout Charlotte's time in the palace, Charlotte found out that her roommate, David, had been making a number of women feel uncomfortable, something that shattered her world and her friendships with her housemates. The palace became a place. Kind of towards the end of the house, you figured out about some, let's just say, not so savory behavior from David, your housemate. 
And did you ever feel that you had failed to protect other women from him? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's the biggest thing that haunts me to this day because I thought that we were doing this incredible thing for creatives. And, you know, I moved from Maryland because I had trauma to deal with men being predatory and to find out that this thing that I had poured my entire heart into, that I had poured so much work into, that people were being hurt under my own roof and under my own nose. Um, it was absolutely devastating. And it's still devastating to this day because this is the first time I've even talked about it to any degree. I mean, I literally like, I basically fled in the night because it was me suddenly coming to terms with the fact that this person was capable of things that I had heard about him. Because um, to be honest, like someone had tried to come forward and we all invalidated the fuck out of this girl. Um, Like it was the worst thing I've ever been involved with. Like I was so in denial because, you know, like I said, I moved to get away from this trauma. I, I moved knowing only this person. And I just couldn't handle the fact that my entire life was a lie. I've since told that girl she was right about everything and apologized. But I just think, you know, it was interesting that when I started holding him accountable, when I started asking questions about these things, that's when it I was no longer everyone's bestie. You know, that's when it was time to spread lies about me. I have a lot of regrets because I just, I feel like I specifically protected him like a lot when we first moved to Philly. So many people expressed to me that they didn't like him or like they got bad vibes. And I was like, no, no, no. Like we've been friends since we were children. Like, trust me. Like, so to find out that like I had also been duped and I had been involved in like telling other people he was safe. Like it was... It was a really horrible um, realization. I don't know what details you want to go into what occurred that eventually led you to drop him as a friend and what made you believe the various allegations that had been put against him. So... Yeah, this is shameful to say, but it was really um, seeing the way that he was willing to treat me that made me believe other people about what he'd done to them. Because I'd never really seen that side of him before. Like, I'd seen the part where, like, he didn't want to credit me and stuff. But, like, that all just felt like small stuff to me at the end of the day. But when I started realizing, basically, I had something happen to me where people that I thought were friends made up this, like, really horrible lie about me. And instead of, like, protecting me and, like, being there for me the way that I had been so there for him, he was not there for me in that same way and kind of was just like, well, fucking good luck, basically. It really kind of led me to start questioning other things I had seen and heard and more things just kept coming to life. Just seeing how certain situations were handled, how he tried to like vilify multiple other housemates. I hope that answers kind of. And while Charlotte was contemplating this new information about her friend and roommate, she was being accused of something wildly untrue that almost cost Charlotte her job. I'll let her explain what went down. What was the tipping point to make you leave Philadelphia again? Mm-hmm. Kind of the way you came <laughs> on a whim, just run pack your bags, run back. I met someone through the scene 
who a lot of people had warned me about, but I thought they were nice and they needed a job. And I had a job as an assistant manager at a museum at the time. So I got them a job. I had also gotten my roommate Bill a job. And after months and months and months of working here, these people kind of banded together and like made up fake stories about me. I think trying to get me fired. This one friend of mine would constantly make weird jokes about trying to get me fired and get my job, which I thought they were jokes, but I guess it turned out being real. This person actually, we'll call them, what's a good non-binary name? Can we call them Soup for this story? Yeah, let's call them Soup because they fucking love Soup. So I'd gotten this person's Soup a job and they ended up making up a story to my job that I had physically assaulted them with a can of soup. Now, I never touched a can of soup. I never even yelled at this person. So I don't know where this came from to this day. This person fully goes to my job and all my friends spreading this lie. And I'm like, this is this is the aforementioned breakdown I was kind of talking about where none of my friends protected me. Because I was actually the last person in this house to have any allegations raised against them. I don't know what it is about DIY. But like at this point, people in my house have been falsely accused of like so many things that I think that's another reason I didn't really believe the allegations at first like some random person had said that my roommate bill like spiked a drink and like i literally had to be the one to like find witnesses who were there in the room when this person was pounding tequila shots so like i was used to being the one who cleaned up the messes at the palace like i was the pr girl so it really hurt me when I had this insane story brought about me and my roommates just were nowhere to be found. They were just like, damn, that's crazy. Good luck. And like, while it sounds really funny and it is funny in retrospect, like the story, it was really traumatizing at the time because I loved my job. I, I had built a really good life for myself after a lot of years of stress and I, I didn't want that to be messed with. I felt completely helpless. I was like, how do you prove something? Something that you didn't do and like thankfully I ended up thinking of the fact that I could get the security tapes from where the person claimed this incident had taken place and shout out to Acme to this day those are my homies because they were like bet got you and so when when Soup found out that I was getting these security tapes they ended up messaging Bill who also works at the museum with us and being like I'm so sorry I can give you this screenshot for your followers if you'd like because like it really adds something. I have seen it and I have read it and when you guys read it <laughs> it's wild <laughs> yeah so basically this person was just like Charlotte didn't do anything like I made it up it was my own like false comp I don't even remember what it says source I made it up but yeah so they admit to making it up but at this point my roommate Bill had like lied about me to my job and I guess like he was too embarrassed to admit he lied I don't think we ever really spoke again after I moved out which is crazy like this man that I had gotten a job for and all this shit like he really was just so ready to throw me under the bus because I honestly think for Bill and David at this point it was convenient like I think they wanted me to fall from grace because I was the one keeping them from just having fun. 
by trying to be responsible with the house. And I mean, karma did her thing. Like literally right after I moved out, they started getting legal threats from the people we were renting from. You know, it was the stuff that I had said all along about you can't DJ till 2 a.m. in a residential neighborhood all the time. But, you know, people just they just wanted to act like I was being a bitch and keeping them from having fun because I would call out things that I saw. It's just people don't want to be held accountable when they can have fun. You know, even while I was there, even during quote the good times, there were already a lot of signs that I was in a different place in my life in terms of just being an adult, emotional maturity. I remember David, like he thought they were going to get their lease renewed after being threatened with legal action. Like there were just some things where I'm like, you just, you're not living in the real world. (laughs) (laughs) how are you doing right now i'm doing okay um i've been in maryland for almost a whole year now it's really weird um my heart still feels like it's in philadelphia because like i said i kind of like fled in the night um i had some really good friends who saw what i was going through at the time in my house um at at another house venue near us and they straight up were just like get your mattress you're moving in with us we can't watch you go through this anymore so i ended up moving in there for about a month and they were very kind to me and really kind of saved me because I don't think I would have left the palace on my own because I'm the kind of person where even if you're doing the most heinous things to me if you're my friend I still want to fix it like that was my whole thing with David was I just wanted him to take accountability for what he did and fix it I mean I just wanted my friend to like not do heinous things and hurt people like yeah that was it. But I, there would have been no way for us to be friends because I was also coming to terms with the fact that like this person that I had opened up to about my assault and all this stuff was also hurting people. He wasn't who I thought he was for literally 10 plus years. So I mean, that's been something I've also been mourning still is like that this person I who I thought was my friend is not who they were at all. But yeah, I, I ended up living at that other house venue for about a month and then just like realizing I really just needed space from Philly in general. I was just I was so close to my old house still. I was just so triggered and I just, I needed to come home. And I think March was the last time I was in Philly. I haven't been back since. I I just, I don't know. It's part of me has felt like I can't go back until I break my silence. So I guess that's part of what I'm trying to do here. Yeah. And I think the people that remember the magic of your events and who remember how much fun it was to be in a safe space that you created I think they'll remember you and the right people will welcome you back definitely because honestly who wants somebody who did us dirty to welcome us back one last thing any final thoughts you want the people listening to this episode to know and just close it all off. Oh man. All right. Well, if you're listening from the Philly DIY scene, I just want it to be known that whatever you think you know about me, you don't. <laughs> um, and I really hope that everyone there is looking out for each other and keeping each other safe because that is the most important thing to women in the scene or just women in a male dominated environment keep doing what you're doing because we need more of you don't don't give up just because people try to silence you honestly if a man calls you crazy you're probably doing something right so keep saying whatever you're saying 
not to be corny, but don't give up. Like it might take you a whole year to heal. You might need to rot in your hometown for a year, but you're gonna be okay. Talking with Charlotte and learning this complicated story about a friendship's rise and fall and the effects of that fall left me with a lot of existential questions that I don't know how to answer. Like, how do you prove something that isn't true? When do you start to question your loyalty to your friends? Can combining work, life, and pleasure ever work out? But I do know that it's important to talk about these things. Tell someone if their behavior makes you uncomfortable. Stand up when you disagree with something, someone says, even if they are your friend. Don't be afraid to set boundaries because you'll be able to go to sleep at night without the burden of wondering what you could have said or you could have done. Maybe speaking out can cost you your job, your friendships, or your passion project. But screw that. If the people in your life can't handle criticism or be willing to grow, then frankly, my dear, they don't deserve you. By not speaking up, you are failing yourself and the people around you. However, there is no competition as to who can say the most stuff, the fastest, the loudest, or the clearest. So I'm challenging you. After listening to this podcast, the next time you feel yourself biting your tongue out of fear, unclench your jaw and stand up for yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Failing Down the Rabbit Hole. If you liked the episode, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Maybe even try listening to another episode if you really liked it. For any updates, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Failing Down the Rabbit Hole and on Twitter and TikTok at Failing Down Pod. Oh, and by the way, tell your local failure you love them. Peace out.